We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now I'm ready for some rapid fire, dang it. Let's do it. You're ready for rapid fire. Here we go. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Sam Hartman has led a touchdown drive in the two-minute drills at the end of the first half in all three games this season. Uh, Sam Hartman leading, you know, two-minute drive touchdowns is exactly what you want to see because uh, I guarantee you, you know, the two-minute drill is often made, uh, it, it is needed in really tight games. Obviously, Notre Dame hasn't played, you know, in a tight game, but that that possession before the, the half against NC State, the game was a little still tight. And I think that that possession was really important because it springboarded, you know, Notre Dame into the second half and it put a punctuation on the end of the first half for Notre Dame. So I think the number one thing it says is how much of a leader Sam Hartman is and how he can go up tempo and really lead this offense when it matters most, because they're going to need some of those two minute drills, you know, sneaking out a, 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 a you know, some sort of points uh, before halftime. And then of course, when you get into these closer games, maybe it's Duke, maybe it's uh, Clemson, maybe it's USC, maybe it's Ohio state games that are decided by one possession. You need to be able to score the ball, you know, at the end of the game or right before the half and really take away those points. So I was very impressed what I've what I've seen so far uh, out of Sam Hartman in the two minute drill. Absolutely, and like when you look at the fact that each of the three, the shortest of the three, it's not like they've had short fields or even close to midfield. Seventy eight yards was the shortest of the three, and the last two have amounted to nine plays, and they have totaled two touchdowns and a total of one minute and eight seconds the longest of the touchdown drives a minute and 38 seconds and that was the navy game in the opener i just think it gives them such great confidence now going forward to know that they've got this to know that the ball is in sam hartman's hands and it kind of goes back to what i've talked about all along going back to the blue gold game because like sam hartman did not necessarily have the most spectacular spring practice season now he was figuring some things out coming into a new offense new terminology new footwork you know all kinds of different things were new for Sam Hartman as experienced as he was but he didn't necessarily have the most spectacular spring football season but when the lights went on in the blue gold game 
look what he did. Look how accurate he was. You know, like the competitor in him comes out. And I think it's the same multiplied by like 10 when you get into these two-minute situations. And the fact that he's been in those situations all along and all three times he has come through and barely had an incomplete pass and led him to the end zone all three times. I think it is nothing but confidence that Notre Dame and, you know, the rest of the team can have in Sam Hartman now. And obviously Marcus Freeman, like if you have 30 seconds on the clock and you know, like the way he's used the timeouts and stuff like that, he knows that he doesn't have to have a full two minutes or even a minute and a half. Like if you give Sam Hartman even a little bit of time left, use those timeouts you've got a very good chance of it at a minimum getting downfield and getting in field goal range. Yeah, I 100% agree. So that begs the question. They've got all this success in the two-minute drill at the end of the first halves in these three games. Should they run more tempo offense now, kind of on the regular, to uh, like use that, take advantage of the fact that that is uh, something that they do well and that Sam Hartman does well. Here's what Mark and Fr- Marcus Freeman says about that. We definitely have tempo in our offensive system. Um, you know, haven't used it much. It, it's it's a varying ways of using tempo. I don't want to be a team that goes as mock speed and, and runs 100 plays a game um, because I, I believe in a complementary football. I believe to really establish the run game and different things like that. But um, we have different ways of running. You can huddle and, and run tempo out of a huddle. You know, there's just different ways to run tempo, um, but we do have the ability to be a fast, up-tempo team if we want to. Right now, just that hasn't been in the game for So what do you think, Jess? More tempo offense, or are they good the way they are? You know, I think that, the, that they're fine the way they are. I think, like, like Marcus Freeman said, there's different variations of tempo. Uh, there, there can be tempo and going no huddle. Um, and, and, you know, coming out or coming out of the huddle quickly, getting lined up and, you know, g- getting the playoff rather soon. And then there's a more, you know, common tempo of we're just, you know, two minute drill. We're running play after play after play after play um, sort of situation. The, the only thing to me is, you know, if, if you get in this up tempo and you run three plays and they're all duds, well, now you're giving the ball back to the defense, you know, to the other team and a matter of, you know, 45 seconds, a minute tops. And I think that's what you don't want to run into. Um, especially against some of these better teams, is you don't want to leave your defense out to dry, meaning you don't want them to be on the field so much that, you know, they don't even get a break um, off to the sideline. So, you know, I, I think that certain situations call for tempo, but Notre Dame's offense hasn't needed or, or looks like it needs something like tempo. It uses it when it needs to, but it's very clear that Jared Parker and Marcus Freeman want to get in this nice rhythm of, you know, running the ball, passing the ball, um, and, and it's not necessarily that they're running, you know, super slow or running the kind of the scan offense that we've seen in the past here and there. It's just they're, they're methodically kind of going through the game. So I prefer that rhythm more than, you know, just blazing through tempo all the time. I think it's nice to have tempo when you need it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Yeah, I agree. Like if if there's a change of pace that's needed, then you can go to it. I think I think you kind of see that a lot of times. Well, if you can if you can do that well at the end of the half or at the end of the game, why don't you do it more often? And I think that that for certain teams and in certain situations it makes sense, but as a as like a more regular mode of operation for this team, I don't think it makes sense because one of the key words that Marcus Freeman said there is complementary. They want to have complementary offense and defense. And you can't necessarily be blistering downfield and scoring in a minute when you've got your defense and they're still trying to do their thing as well. And, you know, and then it, there's the other side of it as well is especially depending on what kind of team you're playing, it's not going to work the way you want it to all the time. And so if you go out there and you go three and out and you only use 10 seconds or 15 seconds of the clock, then that puts your defense in an even bigger bind. And when you've got the kind of offensive line, even though, you know, there's still room for, for improvement for this line, but the kind of running game and the kind of running backs that you have, you need to make sure that, that uh, you're using those guys out there as well and making that a big part of your game. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Brady Quinn said on the big noon kickoff show on Fox that he misses the Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry and wants more of it. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, right on point that that what Tom Brady said about – or sorry, not Tom Brady. Brady Quinn uh, said about you know Notre Dame and the Michigan rivalry. I personally, miss, <laughs> I personally miss the rivalry. Um, I think it's another good game on the schedule. It's another competitive game on the schedule. 
Um, and you're talking about two of the best teams kind of in the Midwest, right? Like these guys, these, these schools only are, you know, what, like two hours apart, two and a half hours, three hours, you know, between two and three hours maximum. You're talking about some of the biggest juggernauts kind of in the area. And to me, it, it, again, it, it's another strong data point on the resume, right? If Notre Dame's not in a conference, if they're not going to play in a conference championship and people are going to hold that against them, well, you need a, a, a slew of 12 strong data points or the, or the, the you know, the strongest data points, data points that you can get. And I think that's what Michigan is. I think it's a great, again, a great game. And I always enjoyed the rivalry. I always thought of it as being a true rivalry as well. Me too. And look, Brady Quinn played here. He played in it. I should have asked Reggie what he thinks about this, if, if he would like to see more Michigan on the schedule. But uh, I, I completely agree with it. Like, I realize that there's more acrimony lately and just with the ACC scheduling and the Big Ten scheduling and these, it, it is more difficult to get them on the schedule. They are going to be in the schedule in the future. I'm not saying that they should play them every year, but I also think that it would be worth it for Notre Dame and Michigan to play at least once every four years so that Everyone on the roster, assuming they stay for the entire four years, at least has one opportunity to play a Notre Dame-Michigan game. I would at least be for that. So you space them out so it doesn't even have to be a back-to-back home-and-home. You space them out every few years. Heck, maybe you maybe you take it to some neutral sites every now and then, even though it would still be great you know, to get them on the campuses. But why not? I, 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 I would like to see it more often as well. I completely agree with what Brady Quinn is saying. So we've got some receiving questions uh, that have started popping up in the chat after we were talking about Sam Hartman a little bit. Here's my question for you. Michael Mayer led the Irish with 67 receptions for 809 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Do you buy or sell any Irish receiver getting to any of those numbers this year? So... See, this, this is a tough one because, you know, Notre Dame, the, the ball is very well um, dispersed right now, uh, meaning that Sam Hartman doesn't necessarily lock onto one guy like he did with Michael Mayer, right? Like everyone knows that by now. Um, Not that he did with Michael Mayer, that Drew Pine specifically did with Michael Mayer. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So my point is, is it's just so hard um, to be able to kind of tell you, you know, who's going to get the ball when. Like Notre Dame's leading receiver right now has 128 yards, and that's Chris Tyree. And that's three, four games, right? And so, like, the next player after that is Jaden Thomas. He's got 125. But, I mean, the leading receiver only has eight receptions through, right. four, through four games. So you're talking about averaging... 32 receptions. You're half of Less than half of Mayer's pace is the pace right now. Right. And so you're only talking about, you know, some of these guys are averaging two yards a catch or sorry, two receptions a game at best. And then in terms of yards, like you're basically, you know, like 30 yards per game at best right now. So, you know, to me, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think anyone is going to to get to that 800. And maybe maybe in the games where, you know, things are a little bit closer, the, the guys are playing the entire time. Um, they, they need some more of those big plays. Yeah, sure. Maybe I think that someone might get it, but you know, on the pace that they're at right now, I, I really don't see anyone getting there. And I guess if I had to give a prediction of 
you know, who would get there. Um, in terms of touchdowns, I think it's going to be Jaden Greathouse who, who might potentially get there. Um, and then in terms of yards, it might be like Jaden Thomas or Chris Tyree. I don't think you're going to see one guy have both of those either. I think you might see a guy be closer to the receiving yards. I think you might see a guy that's going to be closer to the touchdowns. But I don't think you're going to see a combination of both of them. You know, Notre Dame's leading receiving guy isn't also going to be the leading touchdown guy. It's 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 just all too dispersed at the end of the day. Yeah, everything's going to be spread out. And again, I think that's a good thing. I think that that is a perfect thing, the, the way the ball is being distributed. Because as, as Reggie said as well, it's like you can't find one guy to double team. There's always going to be a different guy who's potentially going to be open, especially when the running backs can all catch the ball and when you've got the tight ends in the mix. And like when you look at the numbers right now, Jaden Thomas is averaging 15.6 a catch. Great house over 14. Tyree over 21. The, the you know, the running backs are the in, in the 11 and 12 range. Holden stays is averaging almost 24 yards per catch. Now, again, he doesn't have a ton of receptions, but my point is as a team, they're averaging almost 15 yards per catch. And it's because of the way the ball is being dispersed and spread all over the place that you can't find one guy to lock in. And when Sam Hartman is finding the guy, he's not just finding him more times than not. There's a lot of yak that comes with it as well. So yeah, I don't think receptions and yards, I don't think anyone is going to touch Mayer's numbers. I think, I think that like Thomas and or great house are both going to end up around the touchdown numbers for next year, you know, for that, that mayor had last year. Yeah. And a sneaky guy is, you know, <laughs> Holden stays. He, he had a, uh, a two touchdown game against NC state. I think he's another guy just because of his bigger body and athleticism near the goal line, right? Like you can really kind of sneak him up the seam. Like we saw, you can sneak him out into the flat and some RPO looks like he's just another big athletic body that has to be accounted for, especially in the red zone. So again, a guy that might not catch a lot of, you know, passes or receiving yards outside the red zone but as they you know progress through the game and get closer to the you know uh the, the red zone area i think holden stays is another guy who's gonna compile a lot of those touchdowns the way he's doing right now marcus freeman said this week that he needs to be a little bit better blocker like that will get him on the field more but i tell you what if you're if you're averaging almost 24 yards per catch i think you can find a way to get that on the that, that guy more consistently on the field whether he can block or not let mitchell evans take care of some of the blocking or then when Eli Raritan comes back you know you've got more guys who can do more things and you talked about kind of the H-back type stuff that uh, Davis Sherwood was doing who's considered a tight end but again he's more an H-back type tight end than a true tight end anyway Chris says why doesn't Notre Dame schedule my alma mater IU Hoosiers they did Chris they will play in 2030 and 2031 so you've got a few years to wait but uh, they'll be playing IU here in uh, in seven and eight years. So take heed, be happy with that. Chris also asked this, would anyone, would everyone be fine with Hartman having one drive versus Central Michigan as long as they score and get a stop? stop. This is um, this is a hard pass for me. No, especially like, with Ohio State looming the next week. You got to keep yeah. these guys up, you know, like, they got to be tuned up, right? Like you, I think the minimum is what you saw against Tennessee State halftime. Um, and of course my, like Stymie, I think kind of brought up right after my prop bets need him. I mean, he passing on. touchdowns and passing There's priorities, yards, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the over on the touchdown passes first. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you've got to make sure 
that the lead is comfortable enough. You're not just gonna because that that resets the whole mentality of the team, and it and it and it and it tells the team that this is a team that we don't have to take seriously. We can take them lightly. And if you're getting if you're pulling Hartman out after one series and putting a you know the backup quarterback in in the first, it's just the wrong mentality to have. You go full speed ahead until you've got a lead somewhat similar to what you had against Tennessee State a couple of weeks ago. You get that, and then it's it's essentially the starting guys earn the right for the for for the number twos and the number threes to get in there at some point. I, I've, I've got a feeling we'll you know we'll see Steve Angeli again at some point Saturday, but I don't think you pull that trigger too soon. You've got to make sure that you've got the right kind of lead before that happens. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, listen, we we saw two blowout games to start the season. Notre Dame, I think, could have. Uh, easily put in Sam Hartman, uh, you know, remove Sam Hartman after the first quarter. I, I just don't like the message that it, that sends to the rest of the team, uh, first of all. And then second of all, again, these, these guys still need their reps, right? Like you need your reps going into Ohio State the next week. And I think everyone should listen uh, to Reggie and not overlook, um, you know, Central Michigan. They still need to play their heart, you know, do what they need to do against Central Michigan and I think that's at least two halves. I think you'll definitely there's a possibility you'll see him out at halftime, um, and, and then definitely at the end of the third quarter, as long as everything is going right. Michael says, "Where is Brian? Brian will be right here about an hour from now with Vince doing another show. They didn't have an afternoon show today. They will have one tonight, eight o'clock Eastern time. Michael, that is where Brian is. So uh, be looking for that tonight." All right, more questions. Fill in the blank. It's blank that after Colorado's win over Nebraska for a 2-0 start, both college game day and Fox's big noon kickoff are going to be in Boulder, taking their shows to Boulder for the Colorado versus Colorado State game this weekend. It's the prime effect that Colorado's win over Nebraska has led college game day and big noon uh, to Boulder, uh, you know, for this game against Colorado State. I... Personally, I'm not a fan of it because Big Noon was there just last week. Um, and so this is back-to-back weeks of Big Noon at, at Colorado. It. Yeah, milking, milking it. it a little bit if you're if you're in terms of the Big Noon. So that's a pass for me on them. Um, and I think game day could have saved the Colorado game for, I don't know, maybe USC or Oregon, you know, when they're not playing a, a bad Colorado State team. So to me, um, it's a little bit lazy. Uh, on both parties, uh, but it, overall, it's the prime effect. He, he's drawing everyone in. I mean, listen, FanDuel, DraftKings, they have their own Colorado tab now. Like, it, it, Colorado literally has its own tab on these sports betting sites. So, obviously, it's what's bringing in the viewership. It's what's bringing in the numbers. And so, yeah, game day and Big Noon are going to go there. But to me, it's lazy. I think that, you know, again, Big Noon was there last week, and game day needs to pick a better game than Colorado and Colorado State. Coach Prime might as well be a Kardashian, man. It's like the, it, he's driving the clicks right now, driving the clicks in the ratings. But that game, the Colorado-Nebraska game I saw today had over like almost 9 million viewers. And that is a really good number for a college football game at noon on Saturday. And so they are going to ride the Dion gravy train as long as they can. They're, they're obviously hitching their wagon to it, and they're going to hope that it just continues because he he sells right now. And, I mean, what they're hoping, because I think it's 
two weeks maybe, something like that. Colorado USC, like that's when they should really be. That's when they should both. That's that's a game that deserves both of the shows being there. But they're hedging a little bit early. It's like okay, they're two and zero. We nobody can guarantee that they're going to be undefeated going into that game, so they're going to go to Colorado State this weekend. They're riding it. They're going to ride it as long as they can. So I, I guess I guess I don't blame them because so far there is a, there's a high viewership effect that he's brought, whether you like him or not. Just the man I was looking for in the chat, Sir Michael Hahn. How are we doing on this fine <laughs> Tuesday, baby? You we had uh, forty to zero. We had Michael and Tommy. Tommy requested at the start of the show last night that we at least backload the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> talk. And Michael came in. You know, he obviously wasn't feeling it last night. But uh, I said, look, I wouldn't have even brought up Cowboys last night if they hadn't brought it up because you were obviously on the show today so there's uh there's a there's a I tell you what I was a little bit nervous early in that game that that first drive it was looking like they were just going to march right down and and uh hit the end zone and I was like okay is this defense as good as we think it's going to be and Chris Collins was ah this speed the speed on this Giants team they got some speed now and then by the middle of the game, oh, the Cowboys, look at the speed the Cowboys have. It's hard to contend with the Cowboys' speed. So a little bit different story, a little bit different story. Feeling good, feeling good. But, hey, it's it's one of 17. There's a whole We're in the past. I just had to get that one out. I That's had to right. let that one rip. But, hey, you got you all got the OBJ catch, though, so don't forget that one. Do appreciate that, Michael. Dallas was really good. That's it's it's going to be a legit defense, I think, this year, and that's my biggest takeaway from that game. So, legit defense. All right. So, interesting one. Do you want to do you want to just talk about Aaron Rodgers right now, or do you want to talk about this other thing first? I think we got to wrap up with Aaron Rodgers. All right. So, so do you want to talk about this other thing then, or do you want to just go to Aaron Rodgers? That's Let's what I'm talk asking. about the other thing. Okay. So current Chicago Bears defensive lineman Gervin Baxter is in a dispute with the NIL cooperative that gave him a little more than $436,000 in NIL money when he was a player at the University of Florida. So it's like, okay, NIL, over $400,000. That's a good chunk of money. Well, Dexter was not aware of a clause in the deal that he signed with this cooperative that he will owe them 15% of his pre-tax NFL earnings for the next 25 years. He's apparently signed on the dotted line, and he's going to owe him 15% of his all of his NFL earnings for 25 years. What do you think of this? I think that whoever put together this NIL deal is lousy, um, and I think that there is a special place for them in this world. And I think that the representative on behalf of this player um, is also just lazy as well. Like one, how do you draft something that, you know, obviously and very deceitfully takes advantage of a young player. And if you are the representative of this player, how are you not reading through it to find something like this? Because get, at the end of the day, everyone might, you know, there's going to be people who say, who, Oh, the, the, the kid should have read it before he signed it. But this is a kid. He has someone representing him. And the NIL is supposed to help the player and be advantageous for the, for the player. And this was clearly deceitful on behalf of whoever drafted up this NIL deal. And so to me, it, it's just very sad at the end of the day, because now this 
this this kid who thought you know he was getting some sort of reward or he was reaping you know the benefits is now kind of screwed in the long term because he's going to owe money for 25 straight years over something that you know he that there should have been again someone there to kind of help him guide him through this his representative should have you know looked out for it and just read things a little bit closer so to me at the end of the day it's a it's it's a really sad situation and i don't know how if you're the person who came up with this NIL deal, how you feel good about yourself because you're clearly taking advantage of someone for 25 years. Well, that's the thing, you know, like the fact that you say that you're in there and you're, you're like when other, when other players now at the university of Florida, current players and players in the future find out that you did this, why are they going to want to have anything to do with you? And they're going to be even more leery, I think going in, as this gets publicized going in with, you know, do I really want to go to Florida if this is the kind of stuff that they're going to pull? And remember now, this is also the same school that or at least the same school that, you know, the Arizona state quarterback was, was promised all this money. And then the cooperative couldn't come through. And then he ended up going to Arizona state instead because they couldn't get him all the money that they promised in, in their, NIL deal. And it is, as Josh says, it is very shady that you would pull this. And it's, and it's also like, if you're going to sign some kind of contract like this as, as a player, as a student athlete, you've got to make sure that you've got, it's not just you and your parents reading this. As Joe says, how dumb was he that he didn't have a lawyer? You've got to have a lawyer read the fine print because that's what this is. They didn't take the time to read the fine print. And now I think I, I went and I did the math. It's like, if he even makes $15 million over the course of his career in exchange for getting $436,000, he's going to have to pay these people $2.2 million, I think is what it came out to just at like some, like in that ball and like 15 million is not a huge sum over the course of an entire NFL career, especially if you get that second contract and you're making more money. So, like, he's he's going to pay through the teeth. I'll, I'll be really curious to see if he can fight this and, you know, what he can do about it. But he signed on the dotted line, and you just I, – I guess it's a buyer beware kind of thing. If, if you are a player and you're looking at these NIL deals and you have people coming at you with this money and you're signing contract – you better make sure that you have somebody who is uh, whose job it is to read contracts and just hire a lawyer. It, it, that's what it comes down to. It's amazing that he didn't, apparently. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Aaron Rodgers' season with the Jets looks like it is over after tearing his Achilles during the first series, fourth play with the Jets last night. It is incredibly sad. And you, uh, the listeners, viewers, whoever you might be, should really take that to heart when I say something like that because I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I despise Aaron Rodgers. He's been a cowboy killer. He's a smug guy. Um, I mean, everyone knows, you know, Aaron Rodgers and what he's about, right? But I would never, ever, ever wish or, you know, be happy for injury that happens to someone and especially a ruptured Achilles because, I mean, that that is painful. It is a long process to come back. And also it compromises the rest of the leg going forward as well. Like when you rupture your Achilles, you got to remember that's the tendon that connects, you know, foot to leg. And so even if he recovers his Achilles, he could potentially be at risk or compromised in the calf. 
and the foot and the knee, like other things around the Achilles are now going to be compromised. Especially when you're, when you're his about, age. Yeah. That was exactly my next point. When you talk about a man who's 39 going on 40, it's even harder, right? Like it, it, it's just, it's incredibly sad. Um, and I would never want to see someone go out like that, especially the first series of the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And, and that's, you know, all this buildup, all this off-season of goodwill and Aaron Rodgers and you had hard knocks and all this image rehabilitation that he did. And it's 9-11. It's in New York City. It's 9-11 weekend. Both New York teams got to play home games and back-to-back primetime nights. And here's Aaron Rodgers running out of the tunnel with the flag. And it's like barely settled into my seat to watch. And you see him get sacked and it didn't look like much. And the next thing you know, he's going out and it's, you know, you're kind of going, man, it's like, because I'm with you. I've never been an Aaron Rodgers fan. But again, like everything that, that goes with this, to see this go four plays and then that's it. It's just, oh, it is, as a couple of the, the guys have said, it is it is so Jets. It's just really, really horrible to see something like this. Because, I mean, and then for the game to end the way it did last night on Xavier Gibson. And by the way, that was an undrafted free agent. If you watched Hard Knocks, you know that. The guy who returned the punt, an undrafted free agent who took that back for a touchdown last night. In overtime, I believe it is just the third game to end in overtime on a punt return. I was at the first game in NFL history to end on a punt return. That was uh, Chiefs and Chargers. Miles Austin. Early 90s. Tameric Vanover was the man who took it back. Former Florida State Seminole wide receiver. But uh, really sucks. Really sucks for... For Aaron, especially for a guy who's about to turn 40. Do you think that this is the end of his career? It's a double-edged question for me. Uh, I think it should be the end of his career, but I think knowing Aaron Rodgers, he's just too competitive. Um, I don't think anyone would want to go out under those circumstances. So I, I do believe Aaron Rodgers does try to come back. But me personally, his age and knowing how significant an Achilles tear is and you know what it can cause on the rest of the leg, I do think he should be done. But I just ultimately don't think he will be. I don't either. I, I think he'll be back. I think he'll try to make a comeback next year and give it at least one more go because I think that, you know this was going to be like a two-year deal. Anyway, for them, they've got a championship defense and they've only got one quarterback on the roster right now. So there, you know, there's a lot of talk about what they're going to do. But I think Aaron Rodgers will be back 
next year. I don't I don't think that he would just after all this, I don't think that he would hang it up and uh just just walk away into retirement at this point. Chris was saying, how about Philip Rivers? I mean, there are a ton of names being I was going to say who there. who would be on the top of your list? Give me the top 3 guys that you would call. Uh Tom Brady would be number 1. Like that would be the first call I would make. Do you think though that he would do it after everything that just happened with New England? I think I that plays a big part of it because Kraft, you know, expedited all the stuff, you know, retiring of Brady and, you know, the ring of honor, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I just don't think you could go play for a divisional opponent after, you know, 20 years of New England and, and everything that Kraft just kind of did. I think the biggest thing with Brady, you know, one is whether or not he wants to play, but two, the fact that he bought all this, He's got this ownership stake in the Raiders now. And for him to come back, I think that he would have to give that up. So, you know, it's like, it's very complicated. But, I mean, he would definitely be the first call. The guy did just retire. And, you know, so, like, I don't know what kind of football shape he is in because I think that I saw, like, he's already lost, like, 15 or 20 pounds or something like that. So, I don't know that, you know, that he's ready to potentially go out there and take that kind of beating. I saw Matt Ryan after what we saw from Matt Ryan with the Colts. I would not be in on that. Phillip Rivers, he's already been gone for two years now. There are just not a lot of, of I know very my good viable options out there. What's that? I said I know who my pick would be. He's he's not sexy. He's bounced around a little bit, but he still wants to play. He still was good at his peak. I think you got to give Carson Wentz a call. Ooh, interesting. He's been out for what, at least three years by now, hasn't he? No, he was a. He, I thought he got some playing time last year. I thought he was like a backup somewhere or. Oh, Carson Wentz. I was thinking Carson Palmer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Carson. Wentz. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. You, you know, you need at least a body. So Carson Wentz might not be a bad idea, but at the same time, you know, Andrew was saying Jameis Winston. Shytown is saying Colt McCoy. Fitz Magic. I mean. Like none of these guys are going to be ideal, right? Like, yeah. but the thing is, you got to have someone other than Zach Wilson. And I will say, Zach Wilson, you know, it, it was funny. I watched the Peyton Manning cast all game, right? And so it, it was just, you know, everyone was, oh, like, you know, there's really nothing the Jets can do here. They're kind of screwed, blah blah blah. I think the Jets showed a tremendous amount of grit pulling that game out, coming together after a very bad circumstance against a they team did. that very well outmatched them. And I think second of all. Zach Wilson made some throws when he needed to make some throws. All right. Like there was one pass. It was Lazard over the middle and he threw us a rope on third and 12. And it was funny because when Lazard caught it, he kind of like jumped back a little bit. And I don't even think Lazard thought that ball was going to be on him like that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the Jets will do. Did you see what happened at this bar in Wisconsin? Vince and I I talked about this. So, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, I think. There's a bar in, in the Green Bay area. They were offering free drinks on the house. What you had to do, you had to show up at least 15 minutes before the Jets game. Aaron Rodgers had to start. This is any Jets game this season. Aaron Rodgers had to start. You show up 15 minutes early, start your tab. You have to stay for the whole game. And if the Jets lose that game, the bar was going to pay your tab. It, like it was only beer. It was like no, no top shelf alcohol, no food, but they would have bought, you know, paid for, you know, whatever else they were going to pick up your tab. So 
The game is going on last night. These people are hanging around. It's overtime. The bar is still packed. And so, of course, the game ends on Xavier Gibson's walk-off punt return. And then all these people are, like, slowly realizing, oh, I've <laughs> racked up this massive bar bill, and now I've got to pay it. The bar's not going to pay this tab for me. It's hilarious. I think it is very, very funny. But, I mean, to be honest with you, um, it's easy now in hindsight to say, oh, well, you know, I, I would have racked up a bill. As soon as I saw Aaron Rodgers go down <laughs> – I would have been like beer, 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 beer. Like there is no way. Like that game is played 99 more times. I don't think the Jets sneak out a win. Like that is a one in 100 chance. And so it is very, very unfortunate for those folks that had to end up pay- paying for their drinks at the end of the night. But I, I would have been one of them. And I would have I would have been racking them up, baby. So Good unfortunate stuff. for them. Yep, that's right. That's right. They would have had to wheel you home and they would have uh, <laughs> had to pull your pull your uh, debit card out of your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Again, don't forget Brian and Vince, 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. They'll be live right here on the Irish Breakdown channel. And, of course, we'll be back here tomorrow. Jesse will be back with his whiteboard on Thursday as well as we look forward to Central Michigan. So we will talk to you then. Hit the like button on your way out. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.